Oh, did I do it? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes, <Awesome>. you did. <laughs> um, and I appreciate uh, you. I appreciate Mark uh, coming in and giving this a try. Um, Colin is a relatively new app to me. It wasn't until someone invited me to be on their show that I actually tried it. And I was like, this is a really cool format, um, especially for different ways to participate. Um, and I really love that element of being able to listen live and invite other people to speak and ask questions. Yeah, this is really cool. I'm liking it. And it's also a plus uh, that I can be off camera um, yes. <laughs> in my One Direction t-shirt with my coffee and not Hell have to yeah. worry <laughs> about yeah. anything. Absolutely. Okay, so just a little rundown with how I like to do interviews, um, because this is the first time we are speaking. I like interviews to be really conversational. Um, and to me, that means it's collaborative on several different ends. So I'm asking questions, but don't feel bound to those questions. Feel free to ask me questions or steer the conversation anywhere you want to go. And likewise, for listeners, if you have anything that you want to ask or comment on, feel free to call in and we will get you in. Um, I'm sorry, that sounded so redundant. <laughs> no, it's really cool. I, I love this. I'm excited. All right. So my first question uh, because leading up to this interview, I did some research because one of the things that I strive to break away from is asking the same questions over and over and over again that people get. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to move a bit away from the beginning of your career. And I don't know if this is going to be a difficult question, but I think it's one that will influence the rest of the conversation. Um, and I want to know if you consider yourself to be a deathmatch wrestler. That is a great question, and it's a loaded question. I don't want to piss anyone <laughs> off. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you know, I I do, I do, and I say this because so when I first started doing deathmatch, and me and Brandon were actually just talking about this, um, it was about three and a half years ago, so it's been a while. And although I wasn't doing like a, a whole ton of singles matches or tag matches, I was always involved with Brandon at CZW. So I was doing a lot of spots, um, sort of like I am now at ICW, just doing a, a ton of spots, taking crazy bumps um, and being around the whole atmosphere of deathmatch wrestling. And I almost feel like I've been in the deathmatch scene more than I've almost been in the just like tv family style scene um and i enjoy it a hell of a lot more um but yeah i would like to consider myself one um i just have so much passion for it um i hope other people consider me i remember when i first started doing the spots um people almost just tagged it to the kirks as like oh brandon's a deathmatch wrestler and casey's a deathmatch wrestler and at first i really mm. didn't like that label um, because I was like, well, I, I do everything just because there's something that I like more and then I, you know, gravitate towards more. Um, you know, I don't want to be labeled, but at the same time, the label is kind of cool because it's something I'm passionate about. So if people want to say 
she's a deathmatch wrestler, awesome. If people want to say she's a wrestler, great. You know, like I'm just whatever label people want to throw at me, like at this point, I just kind of embrace and accept it and I'm just having fun. So that's what matters. Yeah. Um, and I definitely agree. Um, when you first started to answer, you mentioned how that's a, lo- a loaded question, uh, <laughs> which I very much agree. And I could go on and on about just the question in itself um, and what it means to different people. Uh, but I'm wondering, have you experienced uh, any particular perceptions of you as a wrestler, um, maybe even as a person? Yeah, you know, I remember to this day, I'm not going to say who it was, but one thing that really sticks out, right, when you asked that was after my match with Jimmy Lloyd, is my first death match at CZW, did this crazy exploding barbed wire match. Mm. And I remember coming to the back and everyone was like being really supportive and really nice. And one person came up to me and said, hey, that was great what you did out there, but it wasn't wrestling. And that has stuck with me <laughs> like, wow. since that day. You know, it was another worker. Um, and it really just kind of stuck. And granted, the person doesn't really like me too much. But at the same time, like, I was just like, wow, that was like really low because I completely consider what we do wrestling. We tell a story, but we tell a story in a different way. Um so yeah, like you're always going to get those types of things. And like, especially on the internet, I mean, people are like, you know, I always get these, you're not going to get signed. And it's like, well, who says I want to get signed? <laughs> like, you don't know mm. what my journey is. You don't know what I'm into. So like, that's okay with me. Does everyone has an opinion, you know? Um, and then you get the whole thing like, well, if you're doing death matches, then you can't work. And I'm like, well, that's not true either. Um, so it's a whole lot of different things balled into one, but yeah, you definitely get those people that um, either way, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yes. Um, And it's interesting that you talk about people saying, you know, you're not going to get signed if you do death match. Um, And I very much think that was a very real um, perception with WWE being the only option for so long. Um, but have you been paying attention to any of the women's hardcore matches on AEW in particular? Yeah, you know, we we tune in, you know, occasionally. We watch th- that sort of stuff. And we watch WWE occasionally, too, just to see, like, what's going on. And, mm. um, yeah, and, like, I have a great respect for people who want to do it. But I feel like at, at this point in time, I feel like blood is super trendy, I feel like a lot of people like doing it because it gets a big reaction, especially on TV where people haven't seen that really before or not, you know, in the last how many years. So people really gravitate towards it because especially with these big blow off matches and Thunder Rosa, you know, and Britt Baker having this feud for forever and having that big payoff, you know, it makes the story more emotional. And I totally get that. But yeah, like. I feel like a lot of the times now people are seeing what's working on the indies, what's, you know, making the reaction, what's giving the reaction. And I think that they're taking some hints over there. Be like, okay, like, I think this is going to work. And, um, you know, I have total respect for anyone who wants to do it. But yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trend thing now, I think. Do you attribute any of that to what I'm starting to call the Cardona effect? Um, because I've noticed that since he ha- started his incredible run in the Indies, I really do think um, what he's done is in- incredible um, and yeah. groundbreaking in a lot of ways. 
Um, But it was a very hot topic, especially for someone who was very well known on television. Um, I've started to notice different wrestlers um, maybe picking up cues from what he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe even ideas from television, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with having Nick Gage on AEW. um, I've wondered, okay, well, where do the next steps come in as far as uh, deathmatch or more hardcore wrestling on television. Um, do you think that's a factor in any of what we're seeing? Yeah, you know, I, I'm seeing it trickle in now back on the indies too. A lot of the TV <laughs> guys, you know, they like, we, I want my mm-hmm. deathmatch moment. Um, you know, you see Tony Nese now doing a, you know, a whole program with Casanova. Um, yes. One of the things that I think really worked out well for uh, Cardona is that I think, and like, I could be totally wrong. This is just me speculating. Yeah. Um, what he did was amazing and the match was incredible and what he put himself through with Gage and everything else was awesome. But I also think it brought a new confidence to who he was as a wrestler. Mm. Um, and I think that's what really pushed him over the edge because people were like, okay, this guy's going out and he's doing this. And like, I think he, I think that really affected how he was performing because, you know, he had a really, really tough career and like he was always thrown to the back and he was always scratching and clawing to the top. And, you know, I feel like after that match and getting that reaction, I think it brought a whole new confidence to who he was as a wrestler. And I think he just is riding the wave and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving everything they're doing. Um, and I think it's great. Uh, do I think it's going to work for everybody? <laughs> nope. I do not think it's going to work for everybody, but if it does and it makes sense, then great, do it, you know? Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that there's that perception that you kind of mentioned earlier um, after your CZW match with, you know, that was good, but it's not wrestling, um, mm-hmm. versus now seeing people who are considered, you know, standard wrestlers, um, wrestlers who might have, quote-unquote, it, uh, to appear on television, incorporating Deathmatch to kind of round out their characters and their abilities. Yeah. Um, Deathmatch, what do you think it adds to wrestling um, being different from the standard wrestling match? So much. <laughs> so much. I think there's such a beautiful <laughs> way that you could tell a story with deathmatch wrestling. Um, a lot of people think it's just, you know, oh, people are going to attack each other with weapons. And, but I think there's such a beautiful way to tell a story and take it to the next level and, and use violence. And the emotion in deathmatch wrestling is so raw and so real because that shit hurts. <laughs> Everything that we do is super painful. You know, I think there's a little bit of a misconception when people get color. It's like, oh, you know, some people are just getting color. But, like, what we're doing, like, we're not just Mm. getting color. Like, we are getting sliced open and, you know, being thrown into things that really, really hurt. Like, it's just a whole new level. So, I think the emotion in deathmatch wrestling is so raw and so real because you can't fake that. You can't fake real pain. Um, And... I think it just comes so naturally. I don't know. There's just like this level of realism when you're watching it. And I think for so long, people like tuned out of WWE because they're like, I, this is stupid. We don't believe it. You know, like people just tune out. They're like, I've, this is hokey. Like this would never happen. And I feel like Deathmatch kind of brought back that realism into wrestling, especially over the pandemic when it just got so hot. 
Yeah. And one thing that I thought was interesting in the interviews that I listened to, um, I remember you talking about wanting to be an actress at one point um, (laughs) and wrestling. See, I I told you I do my research (laughs) and wrestling being one of those ways to kind of um, get toward that dream because there is acting involved with wrestling. Um, Does that influence your approach to storytelling a hundred percent yeah I I feel like listen I'm the most self-deprecating person I think on on the planet earth and I will say all the time that like you know people are like did you watch the match back with John I'm like no I can't right now let me just be in a good mental spot because I'm gonna pick (laughs) everything I did apart you know like regardless but the one thing I do feel like I'm confident in is my storytelling. And I feel like that's what's worked for me for the last year and just kind of getting a little buzz and what me and Brandon have been doing together. Because um, that's what I, I started at. It's what I love. I'm the most dramatic human on the planet also. like So <laughs> that's where I feel confidence. And really, that's the only place I really feel confidence in my life is being able to tell stories. So um, I think that's a huge asset for me. Um, and I think that's the most fun with Deathmatch because you can really tell a powerful story. And that's what I've been gravitating towards and kind of what the Kirks have been doing together as a team. Because Brandon is very, oh, he's just so damn talented in the ring. And I feel like I can bring a little bit more of the story and he can bring a little bit more of the physical aspect. So that's why I think it works so well. And mentioning the match with John Wayne Murdoch, um, mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Um, what was the reaction to that like? Oh, man. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, the reaction has been nuts. Um, a lot of positivity, really, not really any negativity, which I'm not used to at all. Um, people <laughs> love to pick me apart. Um, it's been really overwhelming. Um, and the one thing that people have been saying that really has been the most powerful thing for me is having people be like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not really into intergender wrestling, but I have a daughter and that was so powerful. And I would love to show my daughter that. And like the amount of people messaging me, like I have three daughters that meant so much to me or the little girls that had their faces against the cage that were so invested who were crying at the end. I mean, like there were so many people just crying and it was just like, I have never felt that, you know, in the last five, six years, however long I've been doing this, like I've never felt that real emotion. I was like, I'll never cry during a match, you know? And I was born like a baby. I had like my like ugly cry Kim Kardashian face on. <laughs> um, and it was, so, it was so mortifying, but at the same time, it was so real. Um, yeah, it was definitely the most, like, impactful, most beautiful moment of my career thus far, just because of those reactions. One of my favorite memories from, gosh, was it 20, it was 2021, wasn't it? Um, I'm thinking about the, I'm going to mess the name up because I always (laughs) do, the double Dutch death. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I was telling someone about it before um, because I'm like, yeah, everyone that I've seen who was in it or went to it, we all call it something different, but we get like the idea out. (laughs) Um, What I really loved about that event, I called you the MVP of that tournament um, because (laughs) 
one thing I love about your partnership with Brandon is that a lot of times in wrestling, when you see um, couples, whether it's just, you know, a wrestler and a valet um, or an actual couple or people who are supposed to be presenting as a couple, you get a lot of the damsel in distress where, Mm -hmm. you know, the woman will get into the ring and then she gets into a spot of trouble and the man has to come save her. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really sticks out watching you in so many situations where you're in the ring by yourself, you're getting light tubes busted over you, you are getting absolutely, you know, decimated with weapon after weapon. And Brandon's on the outside doing whatever he has to do because it's like, oh, she has this. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things um, about that dynamic. Um, and so I thought it was really powerful seeing that as you holding down the Kirks as a team um, until you're able to ensure that victory uh, to wrestling Murdoch one-on-one um that is so funny you know I've never even like thought of it like that and it's actually it feels like the opposite because every time Brandon's <laughs> getting screwed over like I'm the one coming in trying to save the day and like granted like 99.9% of the time it backfires but like sometimes it works but that's just so funny to think of it that way that's so true I just thought that was so great because when I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute. He's <laughs> picked up every victory <laughs> in in this tournament. Uh, like, you're the only reason why, you know, the match ended the way that it did. Um, so I thought it was really cool to see you have your own um, solo spotlight. Um, and I say that to get to the point of storytelling where um, what was it like having that match with Murdoch? Um, so, like, to start, how did that come together? Uh, so, I have been pitching just a match in general for a while. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm getting my ass beat every week, every month, whatever, multiple times a month. I was <laughs> like, I want to do something, you know, and people want to do something. And it was kind of like we were starting to turn a little bit, you know, we were starting to get like Mm. that baby reaction and we had been heels for so long. And we're like, look, like we got to figure this out. (laughs) We got to like strike while the iron's hot here. Um, And we had Mm. planned actually to do the match with him when he had the title. There's going to be this like whole Mm. big buildup, pulling the curtain back a little bit. Um, We were supposed to have it like a while ago and Danny really wanted to do it in New Jersey um just because you know hometown whatever so ended up not happening happening you know a lot of things changed um which you know wrestling (laughs) everything changes you know on a (laughs) minute to minute basis um and then struggles actually messaged me and sent me the match graphic like two weeks before three weeks before maybe I don't know but it wasn't a lot of time before and I am neurotic like before matches, I am a neurotic mess. Doesn't matter if it's against like someone I've known for twenty years, ten. It doesn't matter if it's in front of five people, five thousand. I am neurotic, mm. and so I like preparing myself mentally as much as I can. And so that one kind of came very quickly, um, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like I'm not in shape. I gotta like you know really. I've been you know, work. <laughs> I gotta work harder. I gotta do this. I gotta do that." So. 
I was kind of a ball of stress. Um, but I was like, all right, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I can't turn back. I got to do this. Right. So, and then I was just so thankful to John. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You have to work with me. And he's like, no, like, it's going to be great. And he really wanted to do it, which is great. Um, but side note, John has been like one of the most supportive people in my career thus far. Um, when mm-hmm. I came into the ICW locker room, well, like a year and a half ago ish, um, maybe longer. I don't know. The time, time does not make sense in my head. Um, <laughs> But when we, uh, Brandon was wrestling Jeff Cannonball, I think, in New Jersey. And that was like my first debut. They just like, hey, Chris, you want to come? I'm like, yeah, fine. Um, but walking into that locker room, like, I didn't know these people. Uh, I didn't know, like, the deathmatch scene. I knew, like, the guys from mm. CZW. But, you know, it was a totally different vibe. And they were so accepting. Like, when I tell you, I have crazy locker room anxiety just because of, you know, you're a girl and you, and you deal with all this drama and mm. no one really takes you seriously and it, I could go on and on but I walked into that locker room and everybody treated me as an equal everyone wanted me to succeed I learned so much you know they wanted me to ask questions they wanted to help me they wanted to answer my questions like it was beautiful and like John was one of the first people to be like nah she's a worker you know because people are like oh you're you're a wrestler you like train and I'm like yeah I'm not just a manager like I'm here to manage but I've been trained um so he was like so supportive and one of the most accepting people in my career. And I just really wanted to do well for him because he was allowing me to do this and he was allowing me to like be on this big platform. He's one of the best in the world. So I was really going into this being like super thankful. I don't want to mess it up because I want to make John proud. That was really the only thing in my head. It was mm-hmm. tunnel vision. Um, yeah. And then so we, we got to Tennessee. The, the day was like insane um we flew in and we had a connecting flight from charlotte to atlanta and mittens good old buddy mittens his flight got canceled (laughs) so we were like scrambling to try to get him on our flight but he was supposed to fly into tennessee and we were flying into atlanta and getting driven to tennessee and then we had to wait for another wrestler like an hour and a half later so there was four of us in the back seat of this little honda i was sitting on brandon's lap for two and a half hours like it was awful. and i'm like this is how we're starting we got to the venue at 7 30 at 7 30 the show is so oh, wow. it's supposed to start at eight i was like are you kidding me i had no makeup on i was like i don't even know what i'm wearing like screw this like i'm so stressed out so we get there and they're like oh we pushed it back an hour and i'm like thank you jesus like i thank you gives me time granted murdoch was avoiding me the whole time because he just wanted to see how i would react so like we i I think maybe we spoke for five minutes before we went out um oh wow so yeah which also terrified me um and one of the reasons why it was so emotional is because they shot the finish on me and i had no idea so oh wow yeah so the finish was supposed to not be me going over and then he said roll me up at the end i was like nope (laughs) so yeah so that's why it was like also so the whole day was crazy it was stressful it was crazy and then the match happened and then that happened and i was just like jesus and brandon had no idea so his reaction was completely like real and like what um but yeah it was just nuts that is incredible. That makes you want to rewatch <laughs> the end of that. Because uh, yeah. I, I 
had no idea. Um, Wow. So in light of that, um, because I mean, I think that would have been a star making performance, even if you hadn't won in the end, but having that phenomenal ending, how do you feel about, you know, and this is multiple people I've seen on social media saying that's a star making performance. Um, What's it like hearing that? Oh, thank you. Uh, (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I appreciate people so much who just like appreciate me and like are entertained by me. It like means everything. Um, it, it's almost like, I feel like, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just so, I've been dragged through the mud literally for so long that I'm just like, it's hard for me to take a compliment almost. Um, just because mm. I, I, you know, I'm starting to believe in myself, but at the same time, it's just like, well, I was in there with the best in the world. Like he was going to make me look great. You know? And he really did. He like, he, we talked about like these little things just to make this story more compelling. And like, so I was like, all right, you know what? If I go in there and forget everything we're supposed to do, even though we only talked about like two things, <laughs> like if I forget those two things, he told me to focus on this and focus on that. So that's what I'm going to go into and just focus on those two things, the whole match. And I tend to do that with my other matches. Like, if I have one like match where I'm like, oh, you know, the selling wasn't great. My next match, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do everything, but I'm going to really, really focus on the selling. So I have that one thing I can kind of tweak. Um, and I do that for every match. I kind of just focus on that one or two things. Um, so he was like, you know, make these moments matter. I was like, great. So we're going to go out there and I'm going to make the moments matter. So like that was all him. <laughs> yeah, it's just mm. like, you know what? Like he gave me the best advice anyone could. Um, I feel safer in there with with him than I do even with Brandon, <laughs> like, you know, because he's just been doing this for so long and he knows what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even with like the saw, I didn't even realize he was using a saw on me. What? And, and then after he, I, I felt the vibration and I was like, is that a weed whacker? Like, what is that? And then I got to the back and he's like, thanks for not freaking out about the saw. And I was like, oh, there was a saw? <laughs> I, like, I love oh, this yeah, story no so much. I feel like every detail. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. I got, I was so like, he's like, so like this, this, this. And I was like, wait, he hit me with a popper bat. Brandon's like, where were you? Were you wrestling? And I was like, <laughs> I was blacked out. Like, I have no idea what happened. Um, I just remember the beginning and the end. Um, but yeah, it's just funny. He's, he really is one of the best in the world and he's the best guy ever. So like, I'm just so thankful that he gave me that opportunity. It was like the best. Um, so you mentioned, um, and I feel bad because that's like always my transition. It's like, oh, well, you mentioned. Um, no worries. <laughs> I, I mean, I did, so you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of blacking out um, during the match, uh, the spot where you jump off of the cage, mm-hmm. um, were you the only one to do that during that show? Uh, I think someone else did it. Uh, I could be wrong. Okay. Or maybe they didn't. They just, there was a picture of someone sitting up there. I think maybe Jaden, but I don't know if he was just like doing that okay. as like a, a pose. I'm not sure. I feel bad that I can't remember, but <laughs> yeah, I just I thought it was really interesting that. <laughs> that you 
jumped off the cage, which looked terrifying, but really awesome. Um, you have a lot of moments like that. Um, again, doing my research, I noticed a common theme that even though um, I know in one interview, you said that uh, Brandon scares you because he's always doing, you know, something insane. Um, but you seem to like insane spots yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm thinking of uh, CZW jumping off of that terrifying-looking balcony with the weird seating. Oh, Because um, yeah. I saw the fold-up mm-hmm. seats, and I was just like, that... <laughs> That's that not a regular my... balcony. Yeah, that was, like, my first high spot ever. Uh, and that was my first CZ, of course, it was my first CZW. I was like, yeah, we're going to jump off this thing. Because I guess, like, everybody jumps off the, the balcony. That was in Asbury Park. So, like, um, that venue, like, everyone has to do a balcony spot. It was just the thing, right? So um, they were like, you want to do, you want to jump off? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> and I remember Ricky Shane Page going around and being like, she's doing the balcony spot. No one else do the balcony spot. And I was like, damn, I got to do this good now. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was terrifying because I had to, like, climb over, like, the top of – there was, like, a bar there from what I can remember. And there was a ton of folded chairs, like, where I was stepping. And yeah. I was like, oh, like, I'm just clumsy. I'm just going to trip and eat shit. But um, <laughs> I, rem- I remember Brenda didn't even catch me on that. Like, it's funny because there was, like, six people down there. But I'm like, Brenda, yeah. you did not even catch me. So now that's like the thing. I was like, you never catch me during dives. <laughs> He's like, I tried. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's when I started doing like high spots almost because like my moveset is super basic. A lot of the times I feel like I'm kind of a bump dummy, um, which mm-hmm. I love, which is fine. Um, I love taking bumps for people. Um, I love You're- selling. <laughs> so yeah but like I think like yeah that's when I started doing like some stuff and I was like all right well if I'm gonna get one thing in it might as well be a big thing you know yeah do you find yourself like compelled to do some of those more dangerous things um because again the things that you end up doing uh even you know the exploding barbed wire with Jimmy Lloyd uh I I just, it it amazes me because seeing you start out um, doing standard wrestling and then doing um, some hardcore deathmatch stuff, um, seeing these insane looking things, it makes me wonder if you are um, kind of compelled to do something insane yourself. Yeah. Um... I think I'm just dumb. (laughs) Um, Like, if it makes sense, I'll do it. And that's what I always say. I'm like, look, like, my pain tolerance is stupid high. Like, stupid high. So when people are like, oh, my God, that must have hurt. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay. Um, So I feel like I'm not normal. Like, I feel like my body is just like, all right, like, we've done this before. Let's do it. I'm a little naive also, so I'm, like, very over-trusting with people. So I'm like, all right, yeah, if you want to dump me off a cage, you're like, do it, whatever. Um, and then the thing with Jimmy, I remember it being like, well, the story made sense. 
and it was for Brandon because the whole thing was Brandon was going to have his cage of death moment. Um, he was wanting to do it since he was a little kid. It was like his big goal. He was watching them, you know, when he was growing up, it meant a lot to him. And the year before he had a squared circle of sacrifice match with Jimmy, um, which was like the boards exposed, you know, the, mm. the barbed wire instead of the rope. So we're like, all right, let's do that. And then I think Jimmy pitched the explosion. I don't really remember what happened. It was supposed to be like a panes of glass match. I was like, okay, whatever. And then they're like, how about we do an explosion? I'm like, well, can you figure that out? So I don't actually explode. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I was like, look, it's for Brandon. It's a full year of storytelling. It makes sense. And I'm going to do it for him. So that was kind of where my mind was at that point. That was my first singles death match, which seems crazy to me looking wow. back on it. Yeah. And I took everything in that match. Like I had never taken bar bar before. Really? I I, yeah, I think I took like two tubes. I never took a pane of glass. Um, I really never did any of the stuff that we did. Obviously, never is... got blown up. Um, yeah, so it was like kind of like, all right, well, I don't know how it feels yet. So I'm not really scared because I have no expectations. So here we go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is an incredible perspective because <laughs> I would think most people would have the exact opposite feeling. Um <laughs> Talk about going zero to 100. Yeah, a little. That is another thing that kind of changes um, my perspective of things because watching the end of the match, um, because I, I just rewatched that ahead of this interview, um, one of the things that I thought was really powerful was Brandon's reaction. Um, and in moments like that, I always wonder how much of that is real. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, from the moment, you know, you get, um, thrown into the barbed wire, uh, y you can start to see him on the outside, like creeping closer. Yeah. Um, and then by the end of it, you know, he's in the ring and it looks like you guys have a moment. Um, how did he feel um watching that match um was like that kind of anxiety on his face um real concern or is it part storytelling part reality yeah he's not that good of an actor i definitely <laughs> <laughs> i don't honestly we haven't talked about it in so long but yeah i think he was scared he he really trusts jimmy so he was like look and i wanted to wrestle jimmy for the longest time so i was like he's like He's going to take care of you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. I'm like, okay, well, if you trust him, like, I guess I trust him. Um, yeah, I definitely think it was real. And the funniest thing is after every match, if he's out there and he comes in, the first thing I say, he's like, he, I think he always goes, are you okay? And I go, yeah, was it good? <laughs> That's the first thing that I just want to know. I'm like, was it okay? And he's like, yes, it was great. And I was like, okay, good. Um, yeah, I think I get crazy anxiety watching him. Mm. Um, every match even if it's a normal match like I am terrified and I'm also terrified because he loves doing these stupid things to other people and I'm like oh great like you know I know he's so safe but like he's stiff <laughs> it's like please don't hurt <laughs> the kid please don't do it to the kid um so yeah I think he's getting more comfortable now because he knows that like not like seriously my pain tolerance is is really stupid um and he if he didn't trust someone in there and I was like, hey, I'm going to wrestle this person. And if he didn't trust them, he'd be like, no, go. Don't do it. 
Mm. Um, and there's also been times where I've been in the ring in the regular matches um, or managing and have gotten really messed up. Like my biggest injuries have been from managing. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just weird how it works out. So I think when he's watching, especially with the explosion, he, we didn't know how it was going to go off. Like they kind of just rigged it and we hoped for the best. It's not like we tested it. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, all right. Like, and there was two explosions. So we're like, all right, cross our fingers that it works out. Um, but yeah, I think the anxiety for him is definitely real. With the explosion, what did that feel like? Um, I don't think I felt really anything besides the heat because the explosions yeah. went out or like up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that did really hurt was my legs um, when he suplexed me onto the barbed wire. The mm. barbed wire kind of dragged through the back of my calf. Uh, so I remember that sucking. Um, and I have like two little lines of scars down the back of my legs from oh, the, wow. from the barbed wire. But like, yeah, just I think just heat and it's really really loud. I remember like my ears ringing for like two weeks after that. But um, I mean, it couldn't have gone more perfectly. Yeah. Um, the explosion was great, and for a while before the Matt and Onita match, we had like the best explosion match like in the past like how many years? So that was pretty cool. Um. But yeah, it worked out. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it looked incredible. Um, you know, the sound is something that I haven't even considered. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was just thinking about the heat. Um, yeah. Because it, it looks safe, assuming everything goes according to plan. Um, because, yeah. you know, they're not intending to set you on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. One thing I'm always curious about, um, because I've had these conversations with people who um, don't quite understand deathmatch wrestling, or they um, like automatically want to say it's not safe. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about getting hurt more as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about um, the people who? If I want to be a cynic, I want to say um, Go it's, for it. it's kind of <laughs> my cynical view is that I think people use safety as an excuse to talk down on deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the perception of safety in deathmatch? Uh, that that's loaded too. I mean, like, yeah, obviously, what we're doing is a danger level that's you know higher than a normal match um but even before the match with jimmy like i wanted to make sure i was prepared as much as possible granted i wasn't going to be practicing going through panes of glass for this but like how do you take these sorts of things it's almost like Mm -hmm. taking a move you know like just learning okay like you don't want to slap out because then you're going to mess up your hands and your arms and Mm -hmm. um what's the best way to swing a light tube you know and so much research goes into it. It's like, all right, how can I do this safely um, without hurting someone else or myself? And I think there's an added safety with people who are in deathmatch because we really do want to protect each other. Uh, I've never met anyone that's going to go out there and actually try to kill me. Although, you know, that does happen. But, <laughs> but you know, that happens in any sort of match, you know, just, but yeah, there's definitely an added level of danger 
but there's ways to do it. There's ways to protect yourself. And I think that's just important in general in wrestling. Like learn how to protect yourself because yeah, glass is really unpredictable. Um, Other things are really unpredictable. Explosions are really unpredictable, but at the same time, like if you know how to protect yourself at the end of the day, you can come out a lot better than if you didn't know. Um, And I think people do use that as an excuse too. Yeah, because um, I, I feel like a lot of people forget that just wrestling itself is a dangerous sport, mm-hmm. that yeah. a lot of people get injured off the things that you see so often in matches that you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things that made me appreciate the artistry of Deathmatch um, and why I am so fond of Deathmatch I feel like maybe not everyone likes peeling back the curtain a bit, but for me to understand something, um, I like researching it. And when I read about all of the work that goes into um, working with weapons, Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so incredible, you know, Mm -hmm. that there are people who make deathmatch wrestling look so um, easy and so vicious Um, when underneath, you know, the kind of planning that it takes with using particular weapons or not using this kind of thing, the work that the referee does. Um, And so that just my appreciation, um, I, I think, goes into those things that are just kind of misunderstood. Yeah. And I love how you brought that up, because not a lot of people realize, like, these people are building these contraptions and everything else. And they're trying to make it look as devastating as possible with being as safe as possible. Um, ICW did like a weapons uh, like thing where you could come and like learn from like the best of the best of how to build weapons, what we do, how it's safe, how to, you know, put together things because it really does make a huge difference. And, you know, sometimes when you're going in the middle of nowhere to these deathmatch shows, and they're giving you these things to use. And you're like, absolutely not. And now you know what to look for as a wrestler. Like, all right, well, that is really unsafe. I'm not going to go do that, you know, and like wreck my body. Um, there's a certain way to lay the barbed wire. There's a certain way to, you know, do a bed of nails. Like there's all these different things that, you know, go into it. And that's a huge part. And that's also something that I look like I look towards. And I'm like, Ryan, who does all of our weapons for ICW, like, I literally trust him with my life because I know he's going out there and he's going to make things that are safe and they're going to hurt, but they're going to be safe and they're not going to kill me at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I, it wasn't until I think it was when I was reading up on the Deathmatch circus, um, because I know that was one of the events where they were talking about um, having um fans learn about making weapons. Um, is that something that's common in deathmatch promotions, having someone who is kind of the um, the weapons master? Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be that one person who takes charge, who shows everyone the ropes. Um, and it's helpful, you know what I mean? Because then the more people that know, um, like we had that one incident with the, the freaking pain where Cruel, I don't know if you saw... Oh. Yeah, the the pain of class wasn't tempered, which was disgusting. And I'm like, look, we got to be on top of this stuff because that we avoided something really, really serious. 
Um, and sometimes that stuff falls through the cracks. So you really have to make sure that you have like a really strong group communicating, bringing things that are safe. Um, yeah, I mean, it takes a village and, you know, sometimes, you know, shit happens and it sucks, but you know, you, you make the mistake once you never want to make it again. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. I just love learning about things like this. Um, and I, so with 14 minutes left, because I only want to take an hour of your time, um, since you are so gracious to offer it to me, um, I kind of want to pivot to something a bit uh, lighthearted, uh, yeah. because I am so fascinated by um, the, the Kirk's kind of rebirth <laughs> in the eyes of the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I saw you guys was in Indianapolis, and... I, and that was um, the first time I had ever seen Deathmatch. Um, really? And yeah, it, yeah, like, and now I've, you know, thrown myself completely in. But that was the first time I was like, okay, I've been so curious about this thing that I was terrified of. Um, there's a whole weekend happening. Um, I might as well go and see if I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and ICW, I, I watched that first show on Friday and I liked it so much I bought the ticket to the next show um, before I left the building. That's awesome. Um, but not knowing anything about, you know, what's going on in ICW and um, the fans' relationships with different characters, the hate that you guys got was incredible. I've never <laughs> seen anything like. Um, you know, when you grab the mic from Larry and they just drown you out completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know how that happened. Um, I think one of the cool things about, like, what we what we were starting to do in ICW, like the first match I ever managed Brandon at, it's against Jeff Cannonball. And, like, two seconds before we're going out, Danny's like, go cut a promo. And just keep saying, like, ridiculous accolades <laughs> that your husband does. And I was like, okay. And just kept saying, like, use my husband, use my husband. I was like, all right. I went out there. And when I tell you, <laughs> they booed me out of the building. And I didn't even say a <laughs> word. And I'm like, half of you people don't even know who I am. Um, <laughs> and it was just so easy. I'm like, this is all we have to do? Like, okay, bet. So it, it's really interesting because... I'm not like an over the top manager. And I think that worked with us because I'm mm. like, look, I'm just going to be as natural as possible. And I'm going to play this as real as possible. I don't have to like be obnoxious and loud and take away from the match because, you know, Brandon's getting his heat. I just need to add these little tiny things to just make it a little bit more obnoxious, you know, from time to time. And it just works. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then the thing with Akira uh, with the trash can lids, um yes. the funny thing I have a little sidebar about this and it's hysterical and every time I tell people they're like that's why that's why that happened I was like yeah so when we got to the building I had to cut promos like every show and I was like running out of things to say and I was kind of over the promo thing even though it worked and we we're going to other places where people didn't really know the promo thing so sometimes it like landed really well other times eh, a little bit but not so much so we were going out there and I was like look I really don't want to cut a promo tonight. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm like exhausted. Can you just like do something to me so that way I don't have to cut the promo? <laughs> and, and he's like, 
yeah okay like what do we have and, I, and brad's like oh we got trash can lines i was like perfect so right when i lift up the the microphone just blast me with the trash can lines and i won't have to cut the promo and that's literally why we did it <laughs> <laughs> and it went viral and i'm just like what the heck because it was just so funny but it was literally all because i just did not want to cut a promo that night because i had no idea what to say that is incredible um especially <laughs> the power to not people not wanting to hear you <laughs> like that in itself um because i laugh every time i see that gif um on my timeline <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and so the fact that to make these moments without doing any talking um mm-hmm. is phenomenal it's, it's, um, great. And so, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and so going from having fans, you know, boo you out of the building, uh, living to see you get hit with trash can lids, how did you guys become such a beloved <laughs> duo? Was it uh, fantasy or did something else happen? Um, honestly, I have no idea. Um, and it's funny because also like really dumb story. So we started coming out to fantasy because me and Brandon are like obsessed with TikTok. Like we just always watch TikTok. And so free guy was coming out that movie with Ryan Reynolds and they were using that song. So there was like a sound and and everyone was using it. And Brandon's like, Oh, we should come out to this. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, it would be cool if I like came out and just like sang to you. And like, just, we just ignored everyone else. But like, it became like, Brandon, I always tried to do like these cool entrances with Brandon and Brandon just like does his own thing. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to go sing and dance and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, bye. Um, so yeah, we literally just picked the song from a TikTok trend. And then it just started becoming the thing. And like, at first people really hated it because we're at like heavy metal bars coming out to fantasy at deathmatch shows and people really did not like it. Um, so we're like, okay, that works for us. Great. And then I started catching on and people liked it. And then I don't know, I think once I started being able to like incorporate myself more into the matches and like do more. And I think like after AC weekend, when we had that match against Danny and Alex Ocean, I feel like that's when Mm. things started to kind of be like, okay, these two are really fun and they're really cool. Like, and she can work. So, like, they, like, yeah. I, I I think people started gravitating towards it more that I just wasn't being the obnoxious, you know, girl getting wrecked at every show. And, like, oh, okay, like, she's going to take some stuff. So, I think that's what happened. It's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. I'm, like, not used <laughs> to having people cheer for us now. And I'm, like, oh, I don't want to be a face. Like, damn it. But... We've been embracing it. It's been kind of fun. And it was funny in Tennessee because Brandon, I would come out with Brandon, they'd boo him, and then they'd cheer <laughs> me. And I was like, Really? It was so strange. Like, when we, he had his match against Tank, and Rev is, like, going in on Brandon, they're all booing him. And then he's like, but Casey, and they're all screaming, cheering. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a weird dynamic. Like, do we have to break up? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, it's just so weird, but I guess it works. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea how it happened. It just kind of happened organically, I guess. Yeah, and that's one of those things that um, I try to explain to people who don't quite understand wrestling or the appeal of wrestling. 
um, is how the audience can kind of change the entire story. Mm -hmm. Um, So with unexpectedly um, becoming a much loved duo, does that change your approach to anything or did it uh, mess up any plans that you had? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I think we're just going to keep kind of doing us and see what sticks. Um, Like we're, we're getting cheered now. So we'll feed into it a little bit more, I guess. Um, Mm. But I feel like our styles are still going to be completely the same. Like Brandon wrestles extremely aggressively. I wrestle like very scrappy and I feel like that's all going to, you know, still stay the same. Like I'm not going to go out there and do some like, fancy moves and like yay cheer for me um because that's just not who I am you know what I mean and I think that's what works with us is that we're just we're just ourselves we really are just so natural like and who we are that we're not going to go out there and try to just be these people we're not we really are just like yeah well it is what it is you're you I'm me we have strengths we have weaknesses we're just going to go out and do us you know um so yeah that's the plan (laughs) And, okay, is there anything you can tell us about the Kurt's Couple Invitational? Hmm. What I can say, so we still got a, a ways to go. So we're very much in the pre-planning phases. What I can tell you is that the venue is amazing. Uh, it's this really mm. cool bar in Atlantic City. Um you know, it's going to be like the ending party of the summer. Um, I will say, I really hope that Impact gets their taping dates. So I will just say that as a little hint, hint, uh, because we have to see if some people are available to be there. But that's all I got. So <laughs> no, and that is more than enough. It kind of hit me because I started thinking about it when... Uh, the first talks about the invitational started to happen with Brandon saying things on Twitter. But (laughs) now it's like everywhere I look, I'm just like, why is every couple in wrestling amazing? Right? Like, (laughs) like, because I, you know, oh, no, go ahead. No, go. Like, it's just, there's so many good ones. Like the list was at like 50 and I'm like, how many can I pick? And they're like eight. I'm like, what? (laughs) This can't be like a three day thing. Like, I would love to see every couple compete um, because, you know, between seeing um, Akira and Masha uh, starting ICW No Holds Barred um, in Tennessee to um, just looking at, you know, people like Billy Starks wrestle and then, you know, seeing Marcus in the next match. It's just like, if you see what people can do individually, seeing all of these people together I, I think it's going to be one of the most insane events. <laughs> right. And it, you know, what's crazy is like now, like there's, there wasn't that many couples that actually work together, like actually tagging, you know, sometimes like they throw the girlfriend or the wife into ballet occasionally. Like that's kind of what happened with me. But like when we started doing this at CCW, like no couples were really working together. And now like every couple works together. And we're like, oh, like we could do something with this, you know? So Fran's like, like, maybe we can make this work. And then like Chad from Standalone was so gracious to be like, all right, let's do it. It's a great idea. And I'm like, all right. Like I never want to promote anything ever again, 
and I never want to book anything ever again because <laughs> it's the most stressful thing my entire life. Um, <laughs> it's like eight months, six months away, but I'm still like, oh my God, it's so stressful because the amount of people I want to use, you know, but it's just unrealistic. So we have to be like, you know, real picky and like, okay, who has the dates open and like what's going to make the most sense. Mm. But yeah, it's really stressful, but I think it's going to be really, really good if we can get what we want and have everything work out. It'll be awesome. So really looking forward to it. And I can't wait until it becomes an annual event. <laughs> and no. <laughs> so next, my last next one, Brandon can book it because I'm not being involved next time. I keep tweeting, Brandon's booking it. Don't message me. I am curious what ends up happening because I really do think it's going to be the event. Um, just the excitement already for it to be so far away. Uh, once it comes nearer and nearer and then the event actually happens. Um, I think uh, Brandon might have to take the book next time and uh, take care yep. of it. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> so my last question is almost, I don't know, maybe it's a heavy hitter or maybe you'll have like a really quick and easy answer, but um, back to my, my research uh, in one interview you had mentioned, um, and I, I think this is before you started doing more deathmatch and more deathmatch spots. Um, mm. you had said that your deathmatch days are limited. Is that still <laughs> something? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Wow. Uh... <laughs> well, I suck. Um, I feel like I wanted to make it more of a thing where I needed to do it when it meant something. Um, hmm. Where just like right place, right time. Because I think at the time also, I didn't really understand it too much. I was just kind of throwing myself hmm. into it. Like you said, like zero to a hundred, just kind of like doing it all. And I think it was scary a little. And I was still at the point where I was watching Brandon and absolutely terrified every time he had a death match. I think now that I've immersed myself like way into this, um, I think I'm more comfortable. I'm, I'm actually, it's, it's, uh, it's two-sided. I'm more comfortable and also more terrified because I know what can happen, but I also know mm. what I can do, what I can't do, and what I'm comfortable with. Um, so yeah, you know what? I, I love it. So for right now, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be in wrestling. Like, I don't know where the wind's going to take me. The hustle game at 30 is so exhausting. Um, you know, you get older and you're trying to juggle family, friends, wrestling, uh, you know, a Monday through Friday job and, and everything else that goes along with that relationship. You know, my my relationship is now my wrestling brand, which is also difficult. Mm. So, you know, all that wrapped into one is just really hard. So. You know, I don't know how much longer I do have around, but right now we're having so much fun. Um, and I love deathmatch wrestling and I'm going to keep doing it until, you know, until it's time. And I'm like, all right, you know, when I hang up the boots is when I'll, I'll stop doing it, I think. But I just have too much passion and too much respect for it now. And I think before I just really I didn't know, you know, and I, I just I didn't know that it would turn into this. but. I love what I do and I'm going to keep doing it until I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, it's 901. 
Uh, and again, thank you for appearing on this very um, almost experimental first podcast of mine on this yeah. app. Um, yeah. This has been such an incredible conversation. Um, so not only do I appreciate your incredibly gracious use of your time, but just the stories that you've told, <laughs> I was not expecting. <laughs> um, good, but- good. And thank you for having me. Like, like I said to you, like, I don't, we've been like very much cutting down on podcasts and interviews, but I just, I love your work so much. Um, I think you're immensely you. talented and you're just very empathetic. And I just, I just love that you've <laughs> thrown yourself into this and really just want to hear stories and passion and it just it means a lot so thank you for doing it and i had so much fun and we'll definitely do it again thank you that really means a lot yeah, of course. um for listeners um where can they find you on social media um anything you want to plug this is your um, time i'm so bad at this um, like <laughs> just search me um i don't know what my name is at this point Vital kirk something um my twitter i think is just Patel casey i think my instagram is the same thing and i always tell people like i hate facebook like i just share stuff because i have to i don't really like using facebook so just please don't add me because i have like so many requests and i don't know who anyone is and it's stressing me out so just stick to instagram (laughs) and twitter i have a patreon uh my patreon is literally just me vlogging you see me in real life, going to shows, what I do, how I feel. I Basically, my Patreon is just me being stressed out about matches and venting to you guys. So if you want to see that, then go subscribe. Um, but yeah, that's really it. And then uh, we got H2O this weekend. So that will be coming up. And then we're going to Dallas. So we'll be doing some Dallas stuff. Well, fantastic. I very much yeah. look forward to that. Um, And for anyone who isn't familiar with me, my name is Tamaya Greenlee, and you can find me on social media at Scholar and Elbow, which is the only clever thing I will ever do in my life. Um, (laughs) I'm very proud. Um, And I do have the scoop for my next guest. Um, I'm trying to make this a bi-weekly thing um, because I I don't think I have the stamina (laughs) to do a weekly um, interview podcast, (laughs) but our next guest um, is going to be very, very different from Casey uh, because we have Matt Brannigan. Um, so please tune in for what will very likely be um, an experience. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, everyone have a great night. Thank you again, Casey. Um, yes, and thank you. Yeah, you guys, next time. <laughs> See you. Bye. Yeah.